Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, my name is Andy Prince, and today I'll be reading John chapter 14, verses 8 through 17. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, If I have been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here today. I'm Marcia Middleton. I'm an elder in the North Texas Conference, and it is a pleasure to come and be with you this morning as part of your sermon series on responding to God's call. I understand you have been through a couple weeks of this. You've talked about answering God's call in your life with a panel, I believe, panel discussion. And then you heard a word um, about how God just keeps calling back. You know, it's kind of like a telemarketer. It just keeps coming back. And so um, until you're going to pick up and answer, um, that generally happens. At least that's been my experience. We're going to talk a little bit about that all uh, today in light of the fact that this is Pentecost, a very important day in the life of the church. Let us join together as we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks and praise today for this group who's come to worship For those worshiping with us online today, oh God, we ask that you pour your spirit out on us that we might receive with joy and appreciation and eagerness the word you have for us today in the name of Christ. Amen. So today is such an interesting day in the life of the church um, because I, well, today I look forward to every year. For one, we get to wear red. Not that I couldn't wear red other times, but red is the official liturgical color. If you go into the sanctuary, you'll notice that the decorations are are shifted to red, and they're technically only red one day a year, and this is it. So we're green forever, and I really enjoy being red for a day. So that's part of it. But here's the thing. The Holy Spirit is something that we don't talk as much about in our tradition of faith as we probably should. It's part of the Holy Trinity. 
It's a part of God, I like to think, that's with us now. So we have God the Father who created and is creating. We have God the Son, our teacher, example, and redeemer. And then we have God the Holy Spirit who is God with us now. And this is a day, 50 days after Jesus' death and resurrection, actually after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples after he had um, ascended into heaven. He said, uh, right before, he said, now you all to his disciples. Hang out in Jerusalem. Don't go anywhere. Don't try to do anything because if you do, you are being premature. You have to wait until you have the power to do it. And so they listened to him and they were very wise about that. They stayed in Jerusalem. They were probably still afraid. Uh, Many of them had had been um, very much aware that they too could have been crucified as a part of Jesus's movement. But by now, um, things were maybe getting a little bit feeling back to normal, I don't know. And then it came, it just so happens that there was a festival that was a Jewish festival called the the Feast of Succoth. And it um, was a day when people all over the world, Jewish people, would gather insofar as they could, go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices. It was one of the sacrificial days from the Hebrew Bible, or what we call the Old Testament. And so it was a big deal, and people were there from all over the place. And, you know, wouldn't you know that God waits until an opportune time to pour the Spirit out upon God's people as they are gathered there. So we read in the book of Acts chapter 2, this story, oh my gosh, and it's such, it's such an interesting story, I think. I try to imagine what it would have been like. It's hard for me to even think about that. But here we go. So they are gathered together, and all of a sudden, there is a rush as of a mighty wind. It doesn't say there was a rush of a mighty wind. It says there was a rush as of a mighty wind. It was as if it was windy. And it came rushing around them, blowing around. And then these tongues of fire, hello, appeared on everybody's heads. And people started speaking in languages they had never learned. Now, these were not made-up languages. Like some uh, Christians pray in a language called glossolalia, the language of tongues. It's a prayer language. It's not that so much. These were real languages of the people from the nations gathered in Jerusalem for that celebration, you see. And so in the midst of all this, God was doing something pretty special. Now, the Spirit had been there since the beginning right? We know that the Spirit was with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all together since creation. But the church, well, let's just say we needed a little extra help before we really got going there. Things were pretty rough for those first Christians. And so God, through Jesus Christ, promised the gift of the Spirit to them in a special kind of a way. Now, here's the cool thing. You may have noticed in our reading um, and in our songs today the words about breath. Breath of God, right? And the breath of God is closely associated to the Spirit, and here's why. Both in Hebrew and in Greek, the word for breath 
And closely, the word for wind is the same as a word for spirit. Very close. So in Hebrew, when um, in the Old Testament, you might recall in the, in the story of the formation of Adam, um, God goes down to the riverbank and makes this little guy out of clay, right? Adam, which is in Hebrew for humanity or mankind, makes this little guy, and he's just like a doll. But then God blows into his nostrils the ruach of life, the breath of life, and he becomes alive. Wow. Then in the New Testament, we read of the pneumos, the spirit of the wind that can blow around and do things and make a difference in the way we live our lives and the way we perceive things. I was telling Jana, Pastor Jana, that um, my son graduated from high school on Sunday night. And we were in Denton at the Coliseum there. And on the way after graduation, when we were walking out, it was so windy, the glass doors were blowing open and, and shutting. And we were just called to gather there and wait for our student out in the, in the concourse, I think is what they called it, in front of the Coliseum, only that there were like families of like 600 kids all out there at the same time. It was so weird. The wind was blowing. It was darker than it was supposed to be because of clouds. And I told her it felt like Twilight Zone graduation to me. The wind makes a difference. We feel it, we don't see it, but we see its effects and we feel its effects. I wonder if that's what was going on that day. So when the wind blew, it was more than just wind, you see. It was God's very presence moving in their midst. Then we see the tongues of fire. Now, if you know the United Methodist symbol being the cross with the two flames, that's what the fire is for were the Holy Spirit, representing the two denominations that came together to form the United Methodist Church. So that's what that's about. But then we get this tongue thing. Now, what's the deal with that? Oh, my. So all these people were there in town. And Peter, who, uh, you remember him. He's the guy that wanted to walk on water, but he sunk. Remember him? He was the guy that always volunteered for everything. Ooh, 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 pick me. But then he, he usually succeeded in crashing and burning one way or the other. So this guy who denied Jesus, remember the crow, um, cock crowed and all that kind of stuff, and, and it was just a mess. But he had come back, and on the day of Pentecost, something extraordinary happened. This fisherman gets up in front of a whole bunch of people and starts proclaiming the truth about Jesus Christ to folk. And 3,000 people, 3,000 people gathered there, became believers that day. The power of the Spirit enables us to do that which we could not do on our own. Things we cannot do by ourselves, ever, we can do through the power of the Spirit. It's actually pretty remarkable. God calls us sometimes to do tough things, and we've been talking about calling here. I know you all have been thinking about the call and claim God has had on your life, what you might be called to do next. 
I can almost assure you that it will not be easy and it will not be comfy. You will be called to stretch and to grow. And just like those disciples began speaking in languages they had never studied before, all of that had to do with reaching out to others. So much of our calling, although we have to nurture our internal selves, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, much of our calling um, from God has to do with being outward, reaching out, inviting Extending ourselves, going the extra mile, giving a little bit more, doing a little bit more, trying a little bit harder, fitting something else into our schedule. It has to do with outwardness. Because the people who need God the most, folks, are out there. Not that we don't need God, but we've had the blessing somebody introduced us to Jesus Christ. If we didn't at least know that, we wouldn't be in church. And yet, so much so, God calls us to reach out to others who desperately need the good news that God has offered to us. Now, the calling you have is really important. And I know that you know that. And I know that it's easy to say, oh yes, God has called me to sing in the choir, to teach Sunday school. God has called me to work on the mission team, go on the mission trip to work with youth, to teach children, to um, work with senior adults, to do whatever the thing might be. But the deal is that you're called, I believe, to do something special that probably you are the one best equipped to do. I'm looking at 1 Corinthians 12 here, and this lists a whole, lists a whole bunch of gifts that people had. Now, there are numerous lists of gifts. This isn't the definitive one in, in this book here. But um, you get the idea that we all are gifted differently. Let's see, we have um, manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So it's how the Spirit works within us for the good of everybody together. It says, to one is given the Spirit of the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge. Um, Here's faith is a gift. The gift of healing is a gift. Working of miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, um, various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the list goes on. There's every sort of gift you can imagine. And all of us have what we need. So that if we all said yes to those calls that God gives to us, Stonebridge would have everything it needed to be its most effective in the world. Hear me. I believe God equips us, calls us. The problem is not that God doesn't call us. The problem is that we don't respond. God's not going to force us to do anything. That's not the way God works. God will invite, God will remind, God will call, like the telemarketer, over and over and over and over, 
Take something simple like inviting somebody to church. Has anybody ever invited somebody to come to church? It's not the easiest thing in the world to do if you've never done it. At least I've, for many people tell me that. So um, I don't seem to have a problem because I would talk to anybody at any point about almost anything. But that's me because I'm an extrovert. So for many people, inviting somebody to church is terrifying. And, and why would that be? It, it's true because we feel like, well, what if we offend them? What if they're going somewhere else and we don't know it? What if um, we, we hurt their feelings? Or what if we're inappropriate somehow? And they think poorly of us because of that. Here's the deal. We know that it takes 27 contacts about a particular church, congregation, either invitation, um, social media, post of some sort, billboard, um, postcard you get in the old-fashioned mail, whatever it is. 27 before the average person will go to the church the first time. So when you feel that nudge, if there's somebody at work, maybe it's it's going through a divorce, and you've been through a divorce, and you know how hard that is, and you think about that, and you say, you know, I don't think I could have done that without our relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so you feel like you're called to invite. I don't know. What if they think I'm one of those religious fanatics? And so we don't. But what if we did? Every now and then, just say, hey, you know, I've been there. I couldn't have done this without my relationship with God, without my church. Why don't you come with me? I'll sit by you. I'll pick you up. We'll go to lunch afterwards. Whatever you need to do. And you do that. And you do that several times over the course of time. That's going to add up, mixed with other things that the Spirit will provide to make the 27, which is the magic number, we're told, by people who study this kind of thing for a living. It's amazing, isn't it? And what if they say yes, and they come, and they experience the good news of the fellowship and the good news of God's word, and it touches them, and their lives have changed. Yeah, you had to be uncomfortable for a little while. I get it. But is the soul of another person not worth the effort to us? I think it so is. Somebody told us, and now it's our turn to tell somebody else, And that's a big deal, at least it is to me. Sometimes we're called to do hard things. And so in the midst of all that, I would invite you to think about what God might be calling you to do. It seems to me that the Holy Spirit in our lives is is kind of like electricity. Now, I know you can't take this analogy too far. I understand that. But I know that it's happened to me before when I've had to call my software engineer husband and say, honey, the computer won't work. And he'll say, you know what he says, is it plugged in? And I just want to like do the phone, you know? Well, turns out one time it wasn't, and I still have to live that down. 
But the truth is, the Spirit's like electricity, and it's always there for us as long as, as, we're, as, we're turn, as, as we've turned the power on, right? And so it's there, but what do we have to do? We have to plug into it. We have to access it. We have to make, do something to connect to it. And when you come to church, when you pray, when you read scripture, when you go to a small group or a book study like Pastor Jana's about to start, that sounds like a really good book to study. If you do any of those things, you are working on developing your internal self so that you can plug in and stay plugged in. When you feel disconnected from God, ask yourself, hmm, what have I not done to maintain my connection with God? What have I not done to keep my relationship with Jesus Christ intact? If you stay plugged in, folks, it's amazing what God will do with you. You will bear more fruit than you ever thought possible. Just like it says in John, you will do greater things than these. If you ask in my name for anything, I will do it. Now that means with the right heart, with the right spirit, with the right intent. But if you ask in my name, I'll do it. That's how seriously God takes the gift of the Spirit. It may be hard. And you may have to push yourself and not be comfortable all the time. But the power is there for you and for your congregation. For us as a church, we just have to plug into it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.